She's passionate about helping you become the best mama you can be and is pulling back the curtain on experts' advice for every area of our lives, from eating for wellness, the best advice for littles, fashion and style, and everything in between. Get ready to get real. This is Not Your Mama's Podcast with your host, Christina Franci. Hey friends, welcome to this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. The title of this episode is Executive Motherhood for Ambitious Moms. And in this episode, I'm so excited. We are speaking with Ashley Powell, who is a revenue consultant. She's an international keynote speaker, and she is most recently known for her TEDx speech, and she's also a published author. Ashley, thank you so much for coming on today's episode. I'm really excited to talk to you and pick your brain. Um, Can you give the audience a little bit about your background and kind of how you got to where you are today. Sure. So I'm Ashley Quinto Powell. Um, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I um, have done um, plenty of tours of duty in corporate uh, and uh, my book, uh, Executive Motherhood, The Art of Having It All Without Doing It All came out last March and the audiobook came out last July. Oh my God. I'm really excited. I feel like I need to get my hands on this book. So who would benefit most for reading that book? Well, it's fun and funny, Mm -hmm. um, but it is at its heart, a business book. And uh, the reason that I wrote it was because there was a, um, an absence of content for very, very ambitious women uh, thinking about and having children and uh, and how to stay on your career ladder, how to balance things appropriately, how to get rid of stuff that doesn't matter and focus on the stuff that does. Um, and so it's sort of the guide to your journey up the ladder with when you have uh, when you have kids and um, and I often joke that I have uh, two kids and a very, very handsome husband uh, and uh, so, and didn't compromise at all in terms of my own ambition, uh, but instead used my relationships with my family as fuel for that growth. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you say like you also kind of need like that little support system? Like if your husband wasn't very supportive of like your ambitions, like I think that could definitely hinder. And I'm not saying your husband was like this at, or is like this at all, but you know, sometimes I feel like we have to take note of like of our surroundings and like, can we get to our goals if we have someone that's being, you know, negative towards what we want to do in our lives. So I think it's also good to like take note of that as well. Um, to have that support system from your family to achieve those ambitious things that we want. So do you have like advice for anyone who's like struggling with that power dynamic, let's say with their husband, you know, they have these goals and ambitions, but maybe they're not on board. Like, what would you say to that woman? Um, I would say dump the guy. That is, um, <laughs> you're right. You cannot be a um, you cannot be a successful person if you have someone at home who is who represents your fundamental support system saying that oh 
I don't know, is this really where you want to spend your time? I don't know if this is going to be really successful. You need someone who has a uh, blind faith in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that you can also have blind faith in the path that you're following. It's not so easy. You have lots of doubts and you just can't go home and have those doubts confirmed. You need to have, um, you know, we get lots of gut punches in the course of our careers and in mm-hmm. our um, entrepreneurial lives. And if you go home and get another gut punch, you cannot possibly expect to be successful. You Mm -hmm. need to go home and have like, you know, the trainer in your corner who tells you everything is going to be great. And I remember, um, I got like unceremoniously fired while I was shopping at Walmart. And it was so awful that I had to sit down in the shoe section in order to, I was, I mean, I was like taken. So by, I mean, I was, I was taken aback mostly because they, I should have quit long ago. And I was like, to, you know, it was, it was like shocking that they were firing me. It felt like, you know, like having this boyfriend that is no good anyway. And then he decides that you're no good. Like what? Yeah. Anyway, um, I went home with my, um, it just devastated and, uh, feeling like such a loser. And my wonderful husband said, um, you know, you don't actually get to decide. Like the rest of us took a vote. We decided that you were awesome. And so you're, like your opinion kind of doesn't matter here, uh, but good for you. Yeah. Uh, and that was so helpful. This, you know, like, well, I mean, you think what you want to think, but the rest of us are right. Get on board was mm-hmm. really what I needed to hear exactly at that moment. And that is what we need. We need constant cheerleaders in our female friends, in our male allies, but especially in our support systems at home. Totally. And uh, before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about like delegation and how can we delegate and juggle it all, you know, being the mom, being the ambitious person uh, to go after those dreams and goals, the startup business, the podcast, like whatever it is that you desire to have in your life. Um, What is something that we can talk about in terms of delegation? Well, it's a pretty important thing to be considering. And I think um, sort of the three things that you can do are delegate, eliminate, or automate. Mm-hmm. And um, and eliminate actually is probably the most important thing. I mean, think of how your thinking needs to evolve as you grow as a human and in your career. We tend to move from tactical thinking to to strategic thinking. And really when we're paid big, big bucks, it's not because we can get a hundred tasks done in a hundred minutes. It's because we can come up with a gorgeous strategy that moves a business forward in really meaningful ways. Well, that strategy work doesn't um, doesn't come from the task-based stuff. It comes from having time to sit and think and allow your imagination and your brain to think big. And, uh, and we, that's a difficult transition, I think, for anyone to make, because in your entire career, you've always judged your own productivity by how many tasks you're able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. But as again, as you go up the ladder, you start to be much you're you're paid based on that strategic thinking. And so deciding really purposefully to get out of the little task based stuff that anybody can do and focus on the big strategic thinking that only you can do is really the key to moving forward. So um, in terms of delegation, there's all sorts of stuff we don't have to be doing. I don't check my own email 
email. I don't do my own schedule. Um, I have help uh, with things like running the um, basketball team that I coach and uh, helping with Girl Scouts. I All of the civic stuff that I do, I have tons of help with that uh, because so much of it is, is administrative and really lends itself to having someone to help. And then, Christina, I'm excited about the stuff that I get to do because I'm not bogged down with all of the unfun little administrative tasks tasks in a day, but I'm focused on the really fun stuff. Like imagine mm-hmm. you are with your podcast. This is an incredible thing to be doing. I'm sure that you wouldn't trade it for anything, let alone crossing off 50 items on a to-do list. Yeah. Well, I'm not quite there yet to delegate all the other things, but you know, one thing I've learned is that just sticking to it and like the dedication and like the willpower has been so empowering for me and not giving up on myself. Like, yes, there's hiccups and yes, do I still need to figure out like the secret sauce for some things and, you know, really get into that creative mind of how like to really, you know, launch it, you know, have a bigger platform, et cetera. But there is something about, you know, not worrying about the little managerial tasks and focusing on the bigger picture and to use the creativity of it, because that's what brings the passion in. Because, you know, no one likes to just sit there and do the emails and stuff all day. But to be able to sit there and, you know, dream your dream and make it come to life is what's really important in the manifestation process of creating that ultimate dream career um, of what you envision. So I really like how you, you broke it down and, you know, not to be afraid to ask for help, you know? Um, And I think sometimes people get scared to ask for help. Like, Hey, you know, like I need you to help watch my kids so I can focus on this task over here or project. Um, And I feel sometimes as women, we're afraid to voice that because we feel like we have to do it all and be it all, you know, and it's like, we're not octopuses, we can't be like, we don't have like eight (laughs) arms to do everything that we need to do. So and I think we need to give ourselves forgiveness and be bold and asking for the help that we need. And like, if you don't have like the finances to pay for the people to, you know, answer your emails and do those things, like get creative, you know, like in other ways and, and, you know, try to ask for some like free help or get interns or things like that to to help, you know, solve your problems and be creative in your problem solving. Absolutely. Um, And you hit on something that was really interesting. You don't need the finances to hire help. I think actually the place to start is with um, the folks around you on your team at work and your team at home that are anyway supposed to be doing this big stuff. And I think a lot about... um, project management and the cognitive load that comes with the things that we do at home. Um, And a question that I ask women all the time is how many rolls of toilet paper are left before you need more? Women always know the answer to that men never do because it's not in there. It doesn't, it doesn't occupy their minds in the same way that a lot of things in our houses tend to occupy women's minds. Mm -hmm. We know when the toothpaste is out. We know which toothpaste the kids like. We know when dentist appointments are. We understand when milk is going to be out, when the cleaner is coming. We understand all of that stuff. And um, I think the problem with having to ask for help is that you still have to carry that that cognitive load. So in my marriage, I had uh, maybe in the first year, we got in fights all the time where my husband would say, well, if you just tell me what to do, I'd be really happy to do it. And I finally identified, I don't, I can't tell you, you have to be enough of 
a, a partner that you can see we're almost out of toilet paper. You can mm -hmm. see that we need, we need laundry done. I can't, ha I can't um, do half of the work and then also carry all of the cognitive load that assigns you the work too. Mm -hmm. And um, getting really, really clear and really um, uh, honest with yourself and your partner is a great place to start. And then getting creative is kind of fun. I actually um, outsource um, replying to text messages to my 10-year-old son who uh, doesn't have a cell phone of his own. And so he thinks sending text message is the coolest thing ever. And so he sits yeah. with me in the car and reads text messages to me and um, hammer, you know, hammers out my res his response. And uh, he thinks that it's great. I think that it's great. I can finally ca catch up on text messages. I'm even bad at text messages. Um, but getting creative can be really fun and um, and a wonderful way to include your family and your big ambition. Yeah. You know, kids want to feel it's kind of great, too. You brought up that point, like with your 10 year old son helping is kids want to feel like they're a part of something you know, and they want to feel like they have that purpose. And so it really is like a cool, creative way. I mean, like my four-year-old and 20-month-old can't really do that right now, but like, you know, in the future, like it really is a fun and creative way for them to feel involved in like mom's life, that they're contributing to something and, you know, kind of teaching them a little bit of life skills on like how to like, you know, respond to business texts or, or whatever, you know, just kind of like prepping them for success. Um, I really think that's a really great, um, you know, outsourcing, yeah. outsourcing of materials. <laughs> well, there are so many good things that, especially with kids, your, your kids ages, it is really hard. You can't hand them your cell phone and say, Hey, I'm going to dictate a response. <laughs> you, um, you actually send the text, but there's all sorts of things that you can do to let your kids in on, um, sort of the, how the sausage gets made in a business. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll, I feel like my parents' generation really did a lot to hide kids from any of the pressures that their parents were under. And certainly, you know, there's uh, there's um, age appropriate things, but um, I think a lot about um for instance, when we're, you know, when we're all home and I'm taking business calls, it's really important that my kids know, like, you don't make you don't make noise while mom is on a call with a client because guess who pays for everything? clients. And, uh, you know, and, and that, that sense of, oh, I understand why I have to be quiet now. And I understand where money comes from, I think is really important instead of hiding it and pretending like, um, our kids don't exist when we're at work and our work doesn't exist when we're at home. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, so Ashley, you know, I have four questions I ask all my guests and I can't wait to hear what your answers are. You've been so insightful. Um, so my first question to you is who and what inspires you? Well, lately I am pretty inspired by, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and hear me out. <laughs> so this is a man who, uh, you know, he grew up in Austria. It's like from a small town in Austria, did not grow up speaking English. And then he decided that he was going to be Mr. Universe. He's going to like build his muscles. He became Mr. Universe for most people that would have been enough. Not Arnold. He then wanted to be an American movie star. And despite the fact that he has absolutely no acting talent, uh, he went on to become a huge blockbuster star. And then having probably 
everyone in his path tell him that it was a terrible idea, decided to get into politics and got to the absolute height of where someone born in a foreign country could get to in the United States, governor of California. Actually, it's, it's the third largest economy or the fourth largest economy in the world. Just imagine how little there was to suggest that each of those moves would have been successful. So, you know, small town boy becoming Mr. Universe, Mr. Universe becoming a successful movie star, successful movie star becoming governor of California. He had to have had so many naysayers and yet he just plowed through and did it. And, um, and again, there's not like an abundance of talent that we can point to, to say, well, that's a natural (laughs) move. So think, I think about the confidence that that Arnold has. And if we can tap that and we can have five or 10% of that kind of confidence, we would really be able to conquer the world. I think that it's just incredible and it's a little tongue in cheek, but I think it makes me chuckle and I'm super inspired. No, you're so true. That is so true. Arnold Schwarzenegger is like, he's like not from this planet. (laughs) And it, I was thinking, I'm like, I gotta pick that man's brain. Like, he really has achieved every goal. And these aren't small goals. You know, these are like, you know, people try to become in the movies all the time and they don't make it. And, you know, politics, like barely get their feet off the ground. So I love that you brought up Arnold Schwarzenegger and that was such a great answer. And we all need to be reminded that he really is great. And we can learn (laughs) a thing or two from him a (laughs) hundred percent. Yeah, he really is like the American dream, you know? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah three so. times over. I mean, any one of those things you could have said, like, I am done, I'm good, I have hit the height of my success, called it a day, but he didn't. He picked a well, new and industry and just marry a Kennedy. Yes, he did. Yeah. From, from a completely <laughs> different um, political ideology. And they're not even, she certainly was not helping him in his, uh, you know, in his campaign speeches, particularly because she disagrees with everything that he's, I mean, he's just yeah. incredible. Yeah, no, he's, he is amazing. And I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so what is something you wished you knew when you were younger? Uh I wish I had known that the grind and putting in all of those hours would really, really pay off. Um, I think I have great appreciation for all of the dues that I paid. And certainly I don't want to see other people have to pay quite so many dues. But that is, you know, I look back on it sort of romantically now. Um, I started my career in sales and I really was a grinder and I really learned to work hard and I gained all of these um, incredible skills. But man, it was miserable. And if I had known that I would take all of those fantastic hard-earned skills and turn them into um, a life that is even better than I could have dreamt, I would have um, I would have really loved to hear it at the time. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Um, so my third question to you is, what's the essential part of your daily routine? I think it might be uh, connecting over dinner with my family. Um, I, we have dinner as a family, like a, um, sit down everyone, uh, everyone in their place every single night. Uh, and I certainly haven't been able to do that uh, at all times in my, um, uh, in my parenting career. At one point I was doing four tens in Chicago, which is two and a half hours away from my, um, home in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, and I love, I loved it. 
but now that I, uh, now that I'm here every single day and actually maybe every single hour with the beauty of remote work, um, being able to connect with my husband and, and my children, we, um, we go around and say what we're thankful for or what we did that we're proud of today and getting to know um, these little, you know, it's sort of quantity time uh, as opposed to quality time. I think we just sometimes just need quantity time too. Yeah. I think that's probably the thing that keeps me on track and, and grounded. No, that's perfect. I think sometimes, you know, especially in today's, you know, era, we don't really sit down as a family anymore. Like sometimes we're like sitting in front of the TV or, you know, the kids are eating this meal because they don't want to eat like what we made over here. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like projecting like my own life, but you know, people, people do that, you know, it's just not the same as it was. So it's nice to have that reminder of like dinner time is like a a sacred time because we can talk about what's going on in our day and our life and really connect because we tend to get lost in the technology and the to-do lists and the tasks and you know it can all just be a blur next thing you know it's like who is my son I barely know who they are and you know I want them to feel comfortable to come talk to me and you know help him through his journey because that's what my job as a parent is is to help guide my kids you know I'm not going to be perfect they'll probably still get fucked up from something I do but you know (laughs) (laughs) but to guide them the best that we can you know because we we are learning who we are in the process as well when we have kids so Absolutely. Well, I don't think you can ever get out of making two meals. I mean, I just don't think children eat the same things as adults. And I don't think adults can eat the same things as kids. So yeah, if that's something that you're going through, I think you're in a very, very large club. Yeah. Well, you know, I do just like eat their leftovers. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, there's my dinner. I'm just going to snag me like, you know, chicken strip or whatever. Um, (laughs) So my third question to you is what's the, okay. I did the essential part of your daily routine. The best advice you've ever received. My last question. Um, but the best advice I've ever received is leave people better than you found them. This is such a guiding principle for me. And it, um, as people, um, come in to my business as clients or as, um, employees, uh, it has really challenged me to do right by everybody that I meet. And sometimes that means um, I have to give really tough um, feedback to people that I work with. And uh, if I can center it around, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be kind if that means you're not better than when I found you. I'm going to, I'm going to get into this because it's going to be good for you and good for me. And I, know that I have to leave you better than I found you, uh, really has been a helpful piece of advice. Yeah, no, I like that. So any last words before we say goodbye? And also where can people get their hands on your book? Sure. You can find it on Amazon and, uh, it tends to, it's a short book. You can read it in two hours. Um, and my audiobook is uh, safe for a minivan. There is no swearing. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, Ashley, thank you for coming on this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. I hope you guys all enjoyed it and I hope to see you in the next one. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.